All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Inside the Hoosier Mine. Um, I am back from my, you know, very long sabbatical from literally the end of September until now. Um, I am back. I promise I am working on actual content now. Uh, being a part of the sports network I'm a part of has definitely taken a lot of my time. Uh, sports world has obviously been extremely crazy. I'm also getting ready to uh, leave my job, start something completely new, so I haven't had as much time nor the energy or want to podcast as much, at least on the personal side, uh, but I am fixing that. I am going to work on it. Uh, in the meantime, I want you all to enjoy uh, one of the shows from my network. Um, I did remove the name, the, the intro song that they have, everything like that, uh, with a couple of guest speakers on there. Uh, myself, Aman, and Joe, uh, both really great guys, both very knowledgeable. We always have fun. We always have laughs. Again, if you guys like it, please let me know. Uh, I do have a Discord server as well, as well as you can find me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find me. Again, let me know what y'all think, and I promise I will be out there with content here soon, especially March Madness heats up, as well as the NFL Draft and Combine. So again, appreciate y'all's love and support, and I will be back. All right, what is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, um, and I think, well, at least for Joe and I, we're in the Midwest, so it is uh, cold as all get out here after enjoying like three days being in the 60s, so that was nice. Uh, <laughs> I know, Amon, you're in the Carolinas, so it's got to be significantly warmer. Oh, it was 70 degrees today. It's nice. and It was like raining early on, and then the sun came out. Oh, it was beautiful. You said 70s? It was 70, man. Even with the rain, it was 70. It was so nice. It, it like rained both days. It was warm, and it was only like in the 60s. Yeah. So which one are we supposed to be more mad at you about? That beautiful, luscious mane that you have, or is it the fact that you would get 70-degree weather in, in February? Which one are we supposed to hate on you tonight? I don't know. Whichever one you feel is. Whichever um, one feels better. Personally, since I've never been allowed to grow my hair out for the last like 27 years, I'm really <laughs> upset about the locks, to be honest. With you. I, I think I'm upset about the hair, too. I wish I could skip the middle stage and just go to that. <laughs> my dad's been begging me to grow it out for a while. So that's awesome. Really? It's awesome. Yeah. I like mom never let me have long hair growing up. And then, you know, I decided, huh, you know, it'd be a great idea. Join the military. So guess who says can't have long hair or facial yeah. hair for that matter so mm -hmm. here we are i know hey i'm <laughs> i'm working with what i got for you know like a week okay uh. all right so obviously there's been a lot of big big uh off-season moves potentially big off-season moves if certain quarterbacks would figure out what they want to do with their life aaron Rodgers. um <laughs> not to point anybody out or anything but um, speaking of another quarterback kind of situation that there that there are that's going on, at least for a team that I feel has underachieved so much in the last few years because they don't know what to do at quarterback because Andrew Luck retired, so now they've had to go through a carousel of quarterbacks. They had Jacoby Brissett, we had Philip Rivers, now they have Carson Wentz. So the Colts are one of those teams that they've 
They just haven't lived up to potential because of the quarterback play. Another team that is reportedly searching for another quarterback option, uh, even though they're going to keep him for his fifth, is the Browns. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Do you think the Browns should move off of Baker Mayfield and go for a quarterback like Carson since he's potentially going to get traded? Do you think you could see Indy doing maybe a one-for-one swap? Um, Or do you see them potentially saying, hey, San Francisco – we'll give you, you know, a second round and a third round pick for a Jimmy G or do you see them, you know, potentially going for somebody else or do you think they stick it out with Baker until maybe they have a better option? I mean, okay, let's talk about the the trade that you brought up specifically, whether you do like a Wentz for a Mayfield and things of that sort. I mean, right now Mayfield is the guy who's going into that fifth year, you know, the fifth year option when they get it. And, if you're going to give him the big extension, you know, right now it's between him and Lamar Jackson. Do you give him the extension? How much do you give him? How much do you hamstring your team in the future? Carson Wentz already had that decision made for him when he signed that big extension, when the Eagles traded him and took that huge dead cap hit to trade him to the Colts. And now the Colts are in that same position where they say, oh, by the way, we can't really win with Carson Wentz the way our team is is designed to do. Indy and Cleveland are very similar in the way that they've built their teams. A young defense. Now, the Colts have built theirs mainly through the draft. Um, The Browns have done it through the draft and through free agency. Right now, Carson Wentz is... We're coming into prom season soon. Right now, Carson Wentz is the ugly girl with glasses. And everybody thinks if they take the glasses off, she's going to be pretty. But once they get her you know, to the prom, they're like, oh, she can't dance. And she's actually not that pretty. And now we're stuck with her. Philadelphia got that. Indianapolis got that. Is Cleveland already not sure about their quarterback situation? Really going to give up any draft capital and say, no, we can handle him. I, I just, I don't see it. I mean, but that that's been the thing though, is that, you know, Baker, Baker has had such these, you know, these flashes and these moments of, you know, he can be the franchise quarterback and then he immediately just drops off. Whereas, you know, Carson Wentz, the biggest question was, after he got hurt, you know, there's a quarterback controversy in Philly is, do they go with the guy, you know, that just won the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl MVP and Nick Foles, or do they go after, you know, do they go back to Carson Wentz, who got them into that position to start with? And so I wonder, I wonder how much mentally he's just kind of broken, even though you you go to Indy mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you have all the support. And Aman and I were talking about this before the show. You have probably one of the best offensive lines you've had since you left Philly. You have one of the best defense. You have a team that has a great running game. Probably didn't expect it to be as good as it was, but has a great running (laughs) game. The only thing you don't have is you don't have, you know, a fantastic wide receiver core, but you know, you can, you can still make that work. I mean, Phillip rivers made it work and Mm. you know have them, you know, in the playoffs. So I th- I think to your biggest concern is is you said that Baker Mayfield can be a you know a high caliber quarterback. I'm not sure that's true. The same thing that we saw with Baker last year is what we saw with Wentz this year: a dominant running game, a defense that played above what a lot of people expected, and then efficient quarterback play. When Carson Wentz looked good, he looked great. Like he had he'd only thrown three picks on the year, I think, up until the second or third week, the you know, last week of the season. Like he mm-hmm. was having a really good season, but we saw it fall apart and he become Carson Wentz. We saw what happens to Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield was taken number one overall because he was a pie piper, because oh, the players rally around him and they love him. That's all great. But guess what? 
the most popular guy in school doesn't go on to be the most successful guy in school. Like that's, they're not correlated. And we see this like Jimmy G for all the jokes we want to make, his teammates are behind him and he can play on the field. He makes those same boat-headed mistakes, but mm. there's a reason that people are are questioning now whether the, the 49ers are actually going to trade Jimmy G because they're not sure Trey Lance is ready. The only thing worse than having uh, one iffy quarterback is having no quarterbacks at all. And right now, there are some teams out there, including the Browns, including the Colts, and including the 49ers, who aren't sure what those quarterback rooms look like. Yeah, I agree. Amon, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the question that they have to answer is, is Baker Mayfield our guy, right? And that, that's the question you have to answer. And I, no one really knows, right? Because you, you've seen flashes and then you see him, like uh, Tony was saying, drop off, injured a lot of last year. So how much state, uh, stock do you put into what he did last year? And then Carson Wentz, as Joe said, only threw two or three interceptions up until the last two games of the season where their season fell apart, he fell apart. And, you know, finished 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year, which by all statistical margins with 62% completion is a pretty darn good, it's a pretty solid season, you would say. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously the proven guy who you at least know can get a job done, right? If you script it out for him, you feel confident that he can get it done. He'll make the boneheaded picks, but you feel more confident in him. The issue for me is can he stay healthy? Because if you had Baker Mayfield get hurt, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is not any bigger than Baker Mayfield is. He might be like a little bit taller. He's, but he's taller, not thicker yeah. than Baker Mayfield, yeah. right? At least Carson Wentz, you can say he's 6'5 and 230. At least he's a little bit thicker of a kid. I know he has a little bit more injury history. He has an injury history as well. At least a little bit more thicker of a kid. And if you can keep the game scripted for him, at least I know he won't get hurt as easily as Jimmy or even Baker. They are in a real bad situation because they are looking for a bridge quarterback. They don't have a true option. And really, no matter whatever way they go, they're not going to come out of the AFC North. They're not coming out of the AFC. And this roster is just going to be ex- uh, blown up in the next year, and they're going to be done with. I want to I want to go on record right now, and I want to say the Trey Lance trade-up and selection might go down as one of the three biggest boners in the history of the NFL because San Francisco has a roster ready to win now, right now. Mm-hmm. If they stay at 11 – they're in position to get somebody like Micah Parsons. They're in somebody. They're in position to move up and get you know a Rashawn Slater. I mean, they're in position to get all these guys. If you trade up to three and take the right quarterback, if you're not sold that it's Jimmy, I mean, yes, Trey Lance might be that guy. He may be Josh Allen. Well, you know how many Super Bowls Josh Allen has been to before he signed his extension? Zero. So I mean, this is all the crapshoot. But that trade, I mean. Shanahan, I think, is an okay coach who gets a lot of clout, but like this team is ready to win. Trent Williams isn't getting younger. Fred Warner signed an extension. Like they have holes to fill. They gave up a a huge haul to go get Trey Lance. And now there's talk that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start a second year, two years of a five year rookie deal. And this Mm -hmm. guy's not even going to touch the field. I mean, he was in a few plays earlier in the year, but he got injured. Like, what can they do? Everybody's like, well, they're going to bust him out in the playoffs. Obviously, Shanahan didn't feel comfortable with him. So, I mean, like Indy trying to get a Carson Wentz for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not sure why San Francisco takes that. I don't want Carson Wentz's contract. Like, I'd rather keep Jimmy. Well, and the only reason I, I would even say maybe maybe trade Jimmy is because, think about it, you kind of wonder if San Francisco is now having buyer's remorse for the fact that they went out and got all that for Trey Lance because – you know, to me, when I was looking at the quarterbacks that were available in this year in, in this year's draft, basically, it was Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, 
and Trey Lance. I felt the two that people were going to reach on the most was Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. It was like Trevor Lawrence, I could see. He's the prodigal child. He's mm-hmm. He is going to be number one no matter what anybody says. I think he's kind of suffering from what I believe most Alabama quarterbacks like Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones won't suffer, but like Tua, um, Jalen Hurts, you know, pretty much every Alabama quarterback that has ever come from that university suffers from. You have first round talent around you everywhere. You don't really know what it's like to struggle. Then you come to the NFL, you come to a crappy organization like Jacksonville. Now we start to see how you really are as a quarterback. And I, I honestly think it's kind of going to be kind of going to be the same way for Trey um, and for, and for Wilson. And to be honest with you, when I was looking at their previous schedules, you know, Zach Wilson never really, I think he faced two uh, top 25 teams in his BYU career ever. He lost to both Yep, is like, what is BYU and BYU hasn't ever been anything like since he left. Um, and and don't Trey, forget too, like Trey Lance has what 14, 17 career starts yeah, between like high school and college. Years. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And he and he had to take a year off because of COVID. So it's like, you know, you don't get me wrong. If if it's one of those, you know, they see the raw talent, maybe take a chance. But I felt like just because people were so quarterback hungry this draft that they they reached for Trey. Like all honesty. I would have loved to see Justin Fields with I, the quarterback. Like, I, that was my big at three. <laughs> like that, yeah. Like I don't get me wrong. I felt it was kind of a slap in Justin's face because it was like, no, obviously Justin is the second best quarterback in this. To me personally, in mm-hmm. this draft, and a lot of people, to be honest, we all knew it was Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and um, Justin Fields Justin as the top Fields, three yeah. quarterbacks. So it's like. I, I feel like it's kind of a slap in the face, but I'm happy Justin didn't go to the Jets because his career would yeah. die. So, yes. but wouldn't him in San Francisco look the best of all the quarterback oh my God, matchups? The, the play action, everything would have I mean, just been there. And, the, and, it, and, and it he gives you everything, right? He gives you the athleticism that they talk about with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. He can move around, make plays, big arm. Everything is there. It, and I mean, it's he, put more he put together. is the prototypical quarterback. I mean, we talk like to me there's always been the rumors that like Shanahan wanted to get back with Kirk Cousins, you know, oh, they can trade with Minnesota. Well, not now because you got, you know, all this other stuff going on, but like, yeah, Justin Fields is the upgraded version of Kirk Cousins where he's got a big enough arm. He's got mobile. Now he's got more mobility, stuff like that, but that's the kind of person that he wants running that offense. I mean, and, and again, like a and lot of people thought better. it was, yeah, a lot of people thought it was going to be Mac Jones, but not too many people were talking about that it was Justin Fields. So, I mean, maybe we're wrong, but he just seems to make perfect sense in that offense. I mean, him, Debo Samuel, that zone run game, like that's nuts. And then and then think about it. San Francisco would be in a position right now, or no, they – do they have a pick? In no, they there? traded it. They had to trade it to, that's to right. move on. Because, because think about it, you know, you know, because then you could have potentially – maybe not have traded as much, like waited a little bit, go get Justin. And then now you could be sitting in this year's draft. You could see a Chris Olave and you could be like, Hey, why not reunite him with his favorite mm-hmm. wide receiver from Ohio state? Like why not mm-hmm. throw it up? So yeah, I, I think it's a big mistake for like, I, I've kind of said with this for the Browns, it's like, should they move off of Baker? Yes. But do they really have any other viable options right now? It's kind of the same thing Tampa Bay's in right now. No, there, there is one trade that's out there that I'm not sure many people want to talk about. Hmm. I'm not sure how the salaries match. Well, the salaries match, you know, because they match because it's the NFL. You can always do it. 
Baker Mayfield to Minnesota and Kirk Cousins to Cleveland, Cleveland, yeah. because Stefanski was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota with Cousins, who had a really good year that year. He had a better year last year. So we have as much crap as we like to give Kirk Cousins. He has improved. So you put him with that run game with <laughs> Chubb, with Hunt. You put him with that defense, which is essentially what Minnesota is trying to build up there. Minnesota gets a cheap guy because they're trying to rebuild with a new GM and a new coach. You draft a quarterback this year. If Baker's not your guy, you can pick up the fifth-year option. You still have cost control of a quarterback. And Cleveland gets a chance to either see if Cousins is the guy long-term or you take the one-year big cap hit, and then you go fishing next year for a quarterback. The the only thing I would I would counter that with is – because you look at the year that they got cousins, they got cousins in 2018. Mm-hmm. And that was literally right after case Keenum took that same Vikings team. Like they pretty much kept everybody like yep. same offense, same great defense. And they're like, we are just a quarterback away. That's why we're going out. We're getting Kirk and he didn't do anything with it. That, mm-hmm. that to me would be the only reason why I could see Cleveland being like, yeah, do we really want to pay that money for Kirk? And you know, still kind of be in the same situation where that. So that's the only thing. Now I do All agree. Maybe maybe he could have a better situation because it's like okay, you know, now I'm out of Minnesota. Now I have a more offensive minded coach that's going to kind of you know, you know, build build around me. And they have a two headed running back game instead of mainly Dalvin Cook and um, Madison. So mm-hmm. I could see it. I and I. I don't know if Minnesota's ready to push that button yet. And to be honest with you, I kind of want to see what Kellen Mond can do because it, it wasn't like he was terrible and they did draft him. Mike Zimmer sure don't want to see for a reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've seen enough of Yeah, Mike Zimmer told you everything you need to know about Kellen Mond. <laughs> right, right. Um, but speaking of places with quarterback issues, um, so there's reports that Bruce Arians is completely ready to hand over the franchise to Blaine Gabbert. Um which isn't necessarily bad because, um, I mean, think about it. You know, you have uh, – crap, I completely lost my train of thought. Damn it. Um, you, you have a guy that's been in your system for the last six years. He was with them when he was with Arizona when Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich were both the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Now he's been here in Tampa for the last two years. There is downside. He's a free agent, so they're going to have to sign him some type of a contract. I don't know what the price would be. But you've got a guy that's actually been there for a good minute. Um, and, you know, he knows the system and he has a better supporting cast now than what he ever did when he first started in Jacksonville. So, I mean, Amon, what what would you think? Do you think do you think Blaine could at least be the transition guy for him or no? Yeah, I think he could definitely be the transition guy. And he's he's gonna be cheap. No one's gonna push the price up for Blaine Gabbard. That time has come and gone, and it really was never here outside of the 2011 NFL draft. Uh, and again, like you said, six years in the system, two years with Tampa Bay, two years under Tom Brady. I think that's a big thing for him as well. Um, and he might have to lose his highest passer rating uh, in Tampa Bay history after this season. That might have to be gone, but I, th- I think he'll live with that. And Like I said, they, there's really no other option for them to go in transition-wise. They drafted Kyle Trask last year. Is he the answer? We don't know yet, but I don't think they're ready to throw him under the fire. I never really liked Kyle Trask in Florida anyway. I thought he was really a product of what Kyle Pitts was able to do. Uh, but like he, he could always develop. But you don't have that option right now. He's not going to be ready now. Your other option is trading. If you can get Russell Wilson, great. If you can get Aaron Rodgers, great. If Deshaun Watson's clear legally, you can get him, great. But I don't want to go and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo when 
again, that's just another transition guy. He Blaine Gabbert is going to be inexpensive. He's been in my system. He's got the supporting cast, like you said, best right tackle in football, some of the best wide receivers in football. I think we'll be able to bring Chris Godwin back as well with Brady's salary going off the books as well. So they're going to bring pieces back. He's going to be, have support around him. Are they going to win 10 games? Probably not. But if you don't, if he doesn't work, okay, now I got a chance to go draft a quarterback next year in the draft or make a big trade for one. I mean, you never know because, I mean, you think about it. He's kind of in one of the best divisions to be in right now because, yeah. I mean, Atlanta's a mess, doesn't know what they're doing. Carolina's the exact same situation. And like I said, New Orleans is so far over the cap, they're going to be struggling for years. So, I mean, it is possible. I, I think they could honestly win 10 or 11 games. They could maybe even go in as the third or fourth seed. Now, do I see them making a deep run of the playoffs? No. But, you know, I, I think he could at least – for lack of a better terms and no pun intended, keep the ship afloat until they find another quarterback. You know, Joe, what do you think? I think you guys are not putting enough respect on a veteran's name who also worked with Bruce Arians and put up good numbers in his system. His name is Jameis W. Winston. I don't know what his middle name is other than Jameis. Wow. What was that? Winston. Um, uh, this is a guy who threw, yes, who threw yes, for, <laughs> for 5,000 yards. And 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions uh, in his season with Arian. So, again, if you want to bring a guy in on the cheap around those weapons that you know can utilize those weapons, guess who worked with Mike Evans? Guess who worked with Chris Godwin? Guess who's worked in a Bruce Arian system? Guess who's not going to cost a lot of money? It's Jameis Winston. But to answer your question, Tony, because I'm not trying to hijack the, uh, the question here, Blaine Gabbert? Eh, I mean, what eh, – like – what does he do for you? What's Blaine Gabbert's greatest highlight? Almost completing a pass in the uh, AFC Championship game against the Patriots? I mean, like, mm -hmm. what is it? Because, it, like, he literally is the definition of a bridge quarterback. A bridge as sturdy as the one in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that literally got chopped in half and dropped everybody into the gator infested water. I mean, if that's what you're going for, congrats. You know, Jameis will get you the 12th pick. Blaine Gabbert will get you the number one pick. I mean, is that a bad thing, though? That's, that's nice. For a team full of veterans, I mean, you, it's going to be a complete overhaul, and I'm not sure Bruce Arians has the time or energy to deal with a uh, to deal with a reboot. Yeah, and I and I, I have seen a lot of people say that they they want the Jameis Winston back to Tampa Bay thing, but I don't know because I mean, and and I don't think Jameis would be opposed to it, but it's like. You didn't believe, you know, you didn't believe in me enough to, you know, mm. keep me. You let me go. And now you think because I've come back after what two years now, because um, yeah, two years, yeah, two years. Um, you know that now I now I'm gonna be the guy again. It's like, eh, that's almost kind of slapping in Jameis's face because it's like you you didn't even want to keep me around enough for me to even learn behind Tom. You know, I had to go learn behind Drew. Then I started. And he actually did pretty damn well as a starter for at least for New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So maybe. But it's like you you didn't even kind of offer him the chance type thing. Very true. But I also think Jameis, and I'm not a huge Jameis person. Like I wasn't coming out of the draft. I've just never cared for the guy. But I think when you look at the talent, and that's what the league is. It's a talent-based organization. And when you look at it, this is a guy that did not hold out for the highest money. He went into a backup position with New Orleans where Drew Brees was the clear-cut starter because he wanted to learn how to play quarterback. 
which was not something he was going to be able to do. When you are the number one overall pick, going back to Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield and might end up being a good quarterback. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen in Cleveland because he has the pressure of being the number one overall pick. It's the same reason Matt Liner didn't work out. It's the same reason Josh Rosen didn't work out. These guys that are drafted high, the teams expect the whole franchise to turn around on them. And when it doesn't, they can maybe go be successful somewhere else or they might just be bad. But Jameis had to go somewhere else, take less money, take a backup job, and show, listen, I'm not this like number one diva guy who has to have the starting quarterback job. I want to be the best quarterback possible. Maybe he can do that in Tampa Bay. Maybe not. But I, I think it's something that Tampa should at least look at. Because if Blaine – I'm sorry. If Blaine Gabbard is your starter, I just – now, hey, you you did bring up a name that he you know he he said some words back in the day that you know he's still going to live up to, and and you had him on Tampa Bay's roster at one point, and I feel like if he came back, you know, he would live up to those words that he said. And that's Josh Rosen. I mean, there's a reason why those other quarterbacks taken before him were a mistake. I mean, I'm just, oh, Josh I'm, Rosen. I'm, I'm just saying. I think I'd, I'd take Blaine Gabbard over Josh Rosen, maybe. I'd take Kyle Trask over Josh Rosen at this point, to be to be honest with you. I would uh, take I would take Rosamund Pike over Josh Rosen. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would take Pete Rose over Josh Rosen. I would <laughs> take Peter Seals' Mid. number one song, Kiss from a Rose, over Josh Rosen to play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. All right, we'll, we'll move into college now. Um, so... Obviously, there's there's actually a lot of the college divisions now are being shaken up. I actually found out yesterday um, this uh, the CUSA conference is losing like four people. I'm like, holy crap! Um, they're losing like a crap ton of schools. Um, but obviously, the AAC is also losing four schools, and they're all headed to the Big Twelve. Um, to you guys for the Big Twelve, because the Big Twelve teams are now. Um, yeah, so I, I got to find it so that way I don't look as stupid as what I am. Um, damn it, Bobby. Well, the four teams that are going in are what? Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, BYU and, Houston. And, and Houston. And Houston. I'm sorry. It's Houston. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn it, Bobby. <laughs> I swear I will get this eventually. Okay, so the new big the new Big Twelve teams are going to be, you know, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia, TCU, Kansas State, BYU, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, BYU, U, um, UCF, and uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. So out of out of those teams, who do you, who do you think can really be the new Big Twelve favorite now that you know? Texas and Oklahoma are going to be leaving. Is there a clear-cut favorite now in the Big 12? I mean, Amon, would you like to take this one? Uh, it doesn't matter to me, but uh, I, th- I think we might have the same answer. Uh, to Jill, you can start it off if you want. Well, I mean, I think the. Do you want who's going to control the the conference, or do you want of the four teams who's going to control the conference? No, no, no. Just out of any team that's in the Big 12. Or... Oh, man. Who's who's gonna who do you, who do you think would be the favorite to at least win the conference? You know the year that all four of these teams you know come into it. I mean, the, I think the easy answer right now is probably Cincinnati. But I think if you're looking long term success, I actually think Houston is a team you have to worry about. I think Houston has a nice breeding ground down in Texas. I think with um, Texas going over to the SEC, a lot of those guys are going to be out of the state earlier. 
Houston, let's not forget, has a track record. Like, Houston is the more successful Texas Tech. Like, Houston has a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner in their history with Andre Ware. Like, they've got a, a nice group. And I think of the teams coming in, there's somebody who I think will be a bottom team to start out, but can definitely improve. But I'm not even sure Cincinnati. I like Iowa State. Iowa State is a team that is competitive. I think they're a team that can absolutely win on the road. And even with Cincinnati coming in, even with BYU coming in, even though Tony says BYU hasn't done anything since the Detmer brothers, I mean, or Steve Young even, it doesn't matter. I, I do think that Iowa State is a team you have to worry about. Yeah. Amon, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy coming back for another year is going to be big for Iowa State. But I think I think the answer, and it might be the obvious one, is Cincinnati. Luke Fickle has turned this program around really quickly since yeah. he's been extended until 2028. And since 2016, his program is 52 and 23. They've gone better every single year. Uh, I think in the last two years, they've combined lost one game. And yeah. uh, they've lost they've won double-digit games the previous three years uh, that they've played more than uh, 10 games. So – I think that every every year has gone better for them, and I don't think this is a fluke. This past year was a fluke, and I think seeing this better competition, I do like your Houston pick, though, because they do always get some really good recruits. You see some really flashy quarterbacks come into that system. may mm -hmm. not pan out, but you know that if one, they hit on one of these, you know they're going to be really good. So you're just waiting on for one of them to hit. You're waiting on Brock Purdy at Iowa State to kind of flip the switch and uh, make a big move. This next year, Cincinnati could slump a little because, again, you you're probably going to lose Desmond Ritter to the NFL draft, and uh, you're going to have to find a new guy. But even then, I think Luke Fickle has just done such a, a tremendous job. I think I'd still take Cincinnati to control uh, the Big 12 in the coming years. What about you, yeah. Tony? I agree. Um, I think for the initial like quick term, I think it's going to be Cincinnati. But I, I do actually agree with Joe. I think long term, I think the two teams that are going to really be battling out is going to be Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Um, and I say that because Iowa State, like Joe said, Iowa State's kind of always been there. You know, they always have the big rivalry against Iowa um, in the Big Ten. one of the few, you know, non-conference games that they play pretty regularly all the time. Um, and really up until, you know, you know, this past year, it's like they, they do pretty decent. And, you know, they actually do really well at winning in the Big 12. Um, that's kind of why it's kind of the same thing with Oklahoma state. I mean, Oklahoma state dominated the division with the exception of Baylor, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that normally happens, you know, you'll have those teams. It's just like, they, they can't get over that hump of that team for whatever, you know, you know, you could take Michigan and Ohio state, for example, like Michigan could sweep the big 10 and they'll have a loss to Ohio state. Um, you know, it, it, it just happens. Um, so mm -hmm. it is, it is what it is, but, uh, the big 12 to me is probably one that, I feel like it's going to be the most interesting when Texas and Oklahoma leaves. Um, but I feel like the SEC just has a new bottom two teams, especially now that Lincoln Riley left. But yeah, Oklahoma. Caleb Williams left, Spencer Rattler left. <laughs> yeah, all their all their prominence is going to be gone. And then Texas I, Texas struggles just to be in the Big 12. So it's like we never going to fix everything, apparently. That's what they're banking on. I have a question for you. Did you discuss it when it happened? Because I'm I'm sorry. Is this a good decision by Texas and Oklahoma? Because I'm still not sure that it is. I mean, no. there's no way they're reversing it, but this can't. I mean, looking at it, this just can't be a good decision, right? No, I I actually when I was when I was doing my own podcast show on this, I I talked about this for like an hour with myself. Oh, okay. Um, so I sounded like I was psychotic. Uh, but but no, I, I talked about that, and and there's a lot of other people talked about that. Really, the only team that has had any type of success against SEC teams in the last five ish years was Oklahoma. But this was also an Oklahoma team this year 
with Lincoln Riley, with Caleb Williams, with Spencer Rattler, with all the talent that they had, they struggled. They struggled in the Big 12. They struggled everywhere. And now that the fact that they've lost Lincoln Riley to USC, they've lost all these five-star players, they're losing these commitments, and you're going to the toughest conference in college football, you're not I – don't, I don't see that being a success at all. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like okay. – I feel like Texas wants to do it for its brand because it's like, okay, we're going to be the university of Texas. Everybody wants to come to the university of Texas, but we're in the big 12. We're not really going to be competing. Tell you what iron sharpens iron. We'll go to the sec, get our asses kicked for like 10 years. And then maybe we'll come back. (laughs) Never know. But like, and and it's the same thing because it's like Texas, Texas has not really been relevant in the big 12. It's like you, you struggle just to beat Oklahoma like four of the last five years. And it's like, you know, what, what are you really going to offer or bring to the table other than maybe you'll have Archie Manning? Maybe that's not even a full for sure commitment yet. Hey, I would like to break news right now, live on the interwebs. Troy Aikman is leaving Fox news to become a analyst on ESPN, possibly getting the number one chair on Monday night football. A deal is being worked on right now. Wow. Yeah. I can see that there is a there's a lot of talk that he maybe would have done that for Amazon since Amazon is supposed to be picking up the Thursday night football Thursday contract night. and moving that. So just I just saw that it came across my phone. I wanted to uh, I, I wanted to bring that up because that's huge because Joe Buck and him have been together for oh my god that's my years. childhood man. We, we I mean that's yeah Al Michaels and uh, Chris Collinsworth and now we're losing yeah. these two like what's so, going on? but uh, keep in mind Joe Buck's the next one to fall. Do they pair something up with him or does he also leave Fox because? Remember, CBS just signed Romo to that big extension because he was going to get poached. So ESPN's been fishing for a big analyst for a while. They tried to get Romo. They couldn't get him, and they got Aikman. So, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. Not to take off from this, but just want to pass that on. No, 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 no. You're, you're good. No, I mean, it is very possible because think about it. You know, Tom Brady retired. They're going to be, you know, obviously all the networks are going to be calling Tom. Like, hey, you want to? Wanna, you want to come be? You want to come be our Tom analyst? I think so pissed being an analyst. I think he would get so mad. Uh, he, like he no. he pulled Bill Parcells. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or Bruce Arians? I just cussing on air. I I don't know. I mean, because we've seen Tom the last couple of years, he's been more fun. He's been like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, let let's do it type thing. So you ever know Tom could be uh, Sean Payton. There's been a lot of talks. We're going to try to pull Sean Payton in the booth. Which don't be know. surprised if Fox chases him. Do not oh, be surprised if they try and match up Reeves. Sean Payton. With, and, well, and so, Breeze is signed with NBC, but yeah, don't right. be surprised if Fox goes chasing after Sean Payton now. Yeah, um, Sean Payton. I mean, they they've signed a bunch of different guys, so they might maybe move one up. Um, I'm just trying to think because you know, for me, I love the I love the actual play by play commentators. Like Kenny Albert is probably one of my favorites oh, to yeah. actually like Kenny's listen great. to. Um, but yeah, just who who they would pair him up with with Joe Buck. I, don't. I will tell you somebody who's really good, and you wouldn't necessarily think it off the top of your head. Mark Schlereth is really, really yeah. good. He gets assigned some really crappy games. And I'll tell you what, if you're ever lucky enough to listen to a Mark Schlereth game, okay. he's funny, he's super smart, and he is passionate about football, but in a sensical way. He's not like he's a meathead. But he's not somebody that's like, oh, well, back in my day, they wouldn't call that penalty. He's very self-aware of like where the game is at now and very like safety conscious. But I think he's somebody who you could see as a riser at Fox. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I saw yeah. him a lot on some Tampa Bay games, and he was he was good to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. You know what else I miss? I miss hearing Gus Johnson call a lot more NFL oh, games. Like, I, love, I love hearing him for Fox on college, and it's like, 
man, just putting more regular on NFL <laughs> game. You know, everybody wants to hear him. Like he wasn't, he wasn't appreciated at CBS. Make him appreciated here at Fox. Like just, just. Could you imagine Joe Buck and Gus Johnson? That oh, they that would, they, they wouldn't do it because they're they're two play by play comedy. I know. They, yeah, Man. they wouldn't do it. God, that's such a good pairing. I think. Oh, it would be. It'd be. It'd, it'd be, be fun. A, well, it'd be such a love hate because people would love Gus Johnson, but they hate Joe Buck. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. Gus is talking. <laughs> God, Joe. Nobody cares. Just go to baseball. Shut up. <laughs> um. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about the last topic. So. Obviously, it broke within the last couple of weeks that the college football playoffs is not going to expand um, until I think it's what 2025 when their TV contract runs out. Yeah. yeah, when the TV contract ends, that's when they're going to expand it to uh, more than you know four teams. And if I heard correctly, but this is when it first broke, so I haven't heard any heard or seen anything that can confirm this. Supposedly, all the schools, including Notre Dame voted not to go ahead and expand it and break that TV deal now, even though it would have gained them $450 million as a whole. So I think it was 11 schools, so each one would get about $44 million. And they said no. So, you know, Amon, do you think that this is a mistake that they shouldn't have done this? Or do you feel like, you know, four four is the right number or when they do, you know, what number do you think? Should they go to six? Should they go to eight? Should they go to 12? I think it was a mistake. I think it'd be so much fun to see all these teams go out there and play more. And I think you now have more Liberty to do so because I think the first concern was, are these players going to be willing to play, especially in the high profile ones, play these extra games. But now you get some incentives because you can make some money while you're in school and these guys are signing brand deals and stuff. So they might be still feel a little bit more obligated to play. But I think it would be a lot of fun, man. This Ohio State team that missed out this year, I thought could have made some noise against some of these teams. You know, There's a lot of teams every year that you feel, man, they should come in and play. And I, I saw that report about how I, was, I just didn't make sense. Everyone is going to make so much more money. It's not like one school. Everyone is going to make a lump sum of money if they do this and they reject it. It kind of feels like some, team, some teams are maybe trying to protect a reputation, trying to like Notre Dame, especially I was thinking – are you just saying this because you think that's uh, you know that another team that didn't make the playoff could go in and win, and anytime you're in the playoff, you get blown up by thirty? Is that what's going on here? I just I didn't understand that point of it. I think they definitely should have tried to expand it because more games, more money, fiscally just makes sense. And then you talk about just the the intrigue. You create the more intrigue. You create programs like UTSA, who has been in the top twenty-five pretty much every single year for the past five years, but then no one's ever seen them play because they'll never get any type of big-time game with a big-time school. So now you compare them up against, you know, say in Alabama if they're sitting at number one, and now people are going to watch a UTSA program. I think it just brings a lot more intrigue, and it would make a lot more sense to go with it from every single angle. Yeah, I'd agree. Joe, what do you think? You youngins, you just don't understand. Listen, they're, they're, they're going about this the right way. You turn down $44 million now because it's going to be $100 million in three years. Like, you don't want to water it down now because when the TV contracts come up, they're literally going to call anybody who goes, whether it's CBS, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Netflix, Google, Hulu, whoever wants to be ESPN. They're going to say, listen, we're going to expand. You're going to be the first ones who get to have the expanded playoffs. You've never seen more than four teams. It's going to be yours. When they talk about this, it'll be, do you remember the first time the ESPN or insert you know TV entity here had the tournament? Yeah, I remember that. I remember watching all the time. So you get that. 
But I'm also going to zag on this. I don't want to see expansion. I want to see reduction. The semifinal games are usually not very good. There's usually at least one blowout because we know one of those teams doesn't deserve it. And it's usually Notre Dame or it's usually Oklahoma. And they always seem to get in or it's a Penn State or every once in a while it's an Ohio State. They win one and then they lose one. Then they win one, then they lose one. We know who the two best teams in the country are nine times out of 10 every year. I want to see the top two teams in the country play in the national championship game. Teams three through however much you want to make the tournament. That's your tournament right there. That's who decides the rest. Because guess what? You know why people are going to watch it? Because it's on. It doesn't matter if they don't get anything at the end. They're going to watch it because it's on. Because then that team can argue, well, we're actually the second best team in the country. We didn't get a chance to play number one. Who are the best two teams in the country this year? At the end of the season, Alabama and Georgia. Did we really need to play a weekend of football to decide that Alabama and Georgia were the two best teams? No. I mean, again, sometimes it's just clear cut. And, and I know I sound like an old fuddy-duddy or whatever, but it's just simpler that way. But you said, you know, whether it's Central Florida or whether it's Boise State back years ago, anything like, but you don't get tired of seeing the same team every year. I do get tired of seeing the same team every year. So you know what? Instead of getting invited to the NIT, make it to the big dance. Play better. Recruit better. Hire better coaches, pay your players better, whatever you need to do. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not here for giving out participation trophies. I don't want to expand the field. Because guess what? When it comes to the NCAA tournament, you know what we watch the first two rounds for? Upsets. Do you know what we watch the last couple rounds for? The teams we know. The North Carolina, the Duke, the Kentucky, the Gonzaga, the this, the that. Like, we nobody wants Monmouth to win it all. Who wants Monmouth to win the NCAA tournament? Come on. Do you really do you really want Texas Western University to win the NCAA football championship? No, you really don't. Look inside yourself. Well, we all know that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but let me let me say this. First things first, Boomer. Um, I can't I can't <laughs> really say that. I'm not even a part of that generation. I can't say that. Um, I get called Boomer half the time. Um, I love it. But I love it. but I, I I will say I I I get what you're saying, Joe, for sure. Because. Um, yeah, you get $44 million now, but it turns into $100 million, you know, you know, three years down the road. I mean, I get it, but but at the same time, too, I, I'm a big proprietor of, obviously, all these coaches. These coaches hate bowl games because, I mean, look at the fact that Chip Kelly was like, yeah, Notre Dame, we might potentially get the playoffs, depending on how some of this goes. See you. Ah, I'm going to go down here to old Louisiana and learn how to be a southern boy. You know, that, that's and develop an accent. Yeah, he's <laughs> He's a very southern boy now. He, he likes to live with a sweet tea on a hot July day. But like, you know, you know, now that, yeah. But, you know, now you've had all these players that are like, hey, I'm not going to play in this bowl game because it doesn't matter. And all these coaches are, are pissed because they're like, okay, well, my job could still potentially be on the line. Like, this mm -hmm. is still a big deal. Now, it does help for, you know, some of your future talent, like some of your future players, like, okay, what do I got in a potentially bigger game that's out of conference? But mm -hmm. to me, I still feel like you can make a ton of money because I mean, think about it. You know what? What does the NFL do as far as you know most of the most of the season? You put the big time matchups against each other because that that's what you want to see. Do we mm -hmm. already know who the favorite is most of the time? Yes. Like in college football, unfortunately, who is always the number one seed? It's always freaking Alabama. Alabama. And we all know Alabama's going to go in the playoffs. So it's like that. That doesn't really change anything. Yeah. Like we know that's a definitive. 
but still it it would be nice for some of these teams you know look at look at cincinnati look at all of the debate that people had for months at just mm-hmm. the fact that cincinnati wasn't even included and finally like well we don't really have any other teams to throw in there i guess cincinnati can go in it's and like, what happened to them oh they got blown out but they played and well. They, the score that, doesn't reflect how well they played. I just sure, but and, do you know well, who's yeah. not sitting out bowl games? Who mm-hmm. doesn't sit out bowl games? Alabama players don't sit out bowl games. You know why? Because they compete for titles. Well, they like, do. If you compete for titles, you don't sit out bowl games. Now here, now here's my other counter to that though, because you know we we we've talked about this a lot in the fact of you know who who dominates college football every year. It's the SEC, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, well you know Joe, like you said, play better, recruit better. Well it's kind of hard when you're mainly playing against your own conference, you know, teams. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that we see these out of conference matchups unless they're, you know, historic rivalries like Iowa versus Iowa state, you know, you know, stuff like that, which, which happens all the time to me. I'm a big proprietor of if you expand the playoffs to eight teams. Okay. Just, just, we'll, we'll just say eight. And I say that because you could probably make an argument for the top eight teams. Like, like Amon said, you know, Utah versus Ohio State was probably the steal of the weekend as far as the college football playoff, you know, mm-hmm. college football games went. We all knew Michigan was going to get destroyed by Georgia, and we figured it was going to happen with Cincinnati, and Cincinnati actually came to play a little bit more than what, you know, people probably, a lot of people probably thought it would be like 42-7, to 7, and they get that touchdown with like two seconds left when it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they pull the, the, the Patriots against the Bills kind of deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we we, we all knew on. this was going to happen. I'm feeling so, it too, man. So to me, if you expand it to eight, then you mm-hmm. get these teams an opportunity to be able to face these out-of-conference matchups. You know, again, the whole idea, iron sharpens iron. Like, okay, maybe the Big Ten can actually compete with the SEC now if you have Ohio State's consistently facing off against, like, Florida's, against Georgia's, LSU's. You know, you, you have the – and again – Think about some of those big name matchups that you don't really get to see until you go in the playoffs. Like, you know, when are you ever going to see, you know, we'll, we'll take the year that, you know, Joe Burrow won. When were you ever going to see, you know, LSU versus Clemson? Never until you go in the playoffs. When are you going to see, you know, Ohio state versus Clemson? Probably not until the playoffs. So like that, that to me is my big thing is, Iron, you know, make make it better for everybody. Actually, make it more competitive for yourselves. Because, you know, look look at Oregon upset Ohio State, and everybody's like, "Wait, what? What? What the hell was this?" And it, and it was a great game, and everybody loved watching it. And that and that to me is what I would say. You know, makes kind of a bigger deal. Look at when Oklahoma went to Ohio State and Baker Mayfield upset Ohio State. It was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I feel like if you if you had that more often. And more frequently in the playoffs, it would set bigger things up down the road, especially now, because are these going to be the same teams three years down the road? Like, is this still is, you know, uh, well, example, Cincinnati is Cincinnati going to be the same team. It was three years, three years from now. No. And it's like, we could have had a much better, we could have had better matchups. Yeah. One thing I'd like to see is I'd like him to see them change the schedules uh let's just take like the big 10 for example like ohio state i'd like to see you play people within your you know you have your conference obviously and then you have your divisions play five random teams in your division play two from the opposite division and every other game has to be out of conference including at least two power five schools hmm. yeah um i will say i think it, uh coach on monday said that apparently they have these schedules set up for like five six oh, years yeah. down the road Yep. And I'm like, why would you do that? It makes no sense. Like the only yeah. teams that are going to be consistent is Alabama. 
Alabama and Georgia are probably going to be your two big SEC heavyweight favorites. It is. It is about money. money. And yeah, again, that like you got to think some of these schools have made such big names for themselves. Like look at Texas. Like Mm -hmm. what, how much money do you think a like Texas versus Ohio state game is going to bring in crap? How much money do you think it's going to bring in when eventually USC goes to Oklahoma? How much money is that going to make? Mm-hmm. crap tons and not even just from those fan bases because you're you're gonna be you're gonna have everybody in the college football world like yeah i want to go to this game <laughs> i want to see what happens i want to see this game like oh i feel and like texas hasn't been good in my lifetime either like that's the crazy like 2006 was the last time they were good i was three mm-hmm. i was shut three. up so i've never seen them actually like do anything <laughs> oh, hurts i'm so old <laughs> I was in middle school. That hurts. <laughs> I was, like, I know I it hurts Joe more, but it hurts me at. too. <laughs> I don't want to tell you where I was at. <laughs> I know you were graduated high school. I, already, I, already I was I was easily graduated from high school. <laughs> yeah, I already know. You're the same age as my brother. You graduated in 2002. 2000. 2000, whatever. Same, same. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Joe could legally have like six beers at that point. Okay. Yes, easily, easily. And if I was watching Texas football, I'd probably need six beers. So, <laughs> hey, but you gotta think like that was the time though. Like it yeah. was all about Texas. Like, mm-hmm. um, those, you guys those, don't understand how big of a phenomenon like Cedric Benson and Ricky Williams were. Like they they were the biggest. Hey, I watched Cedric Benson. Thank you very much. I watched him. <sighs> Whatever. I could have went to school with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Closest I've been to watch him is YouTube highlights. That's all I got for you. Again, yeah. boomer. <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> I know you do. You have the early bird special to wake up to. Knock it off. <laughs> uh, I really do like Joe. I promise for anybody watching. I really do like Joe. And especially considering now he's part of the admin team. He's big admin daddy now. Wait for yes. the show by like 20 minutes. <laughs> You know what? (laughs) (laughs) You don't tell the people how the cookies are made, Tony. You don't tell them. Huh? You don't tell people how the cookies are made. They just Ah. see the finished product. They see all this and they say, wow, that's put together. Right? (laughs) Hey, you fake it till you make it. I mean, that's what I do. It's what I've done all my life. So it's fine. That's Um, what she said. Yeah. All right, gents. This this has been an awesome show, like always. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, again, thank you guys. As fun as as always, it's been fun. You can always catch us here Wednesdays, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central, five p.m. Pacific. And we are out of here, guys. <laughs>